the morning. Um, if you would just take a minute to pray with me and pray for me. Gracious God, we just thank you for this beautiful day. As we were traveling down 77, the sun was shining bright, and all we could do was give you glory for being able to see the glorious sun. So God, we just thank you for all things that you've blessed each and every person that is here in this room with. We, we ask, oh God, that you bless each and every person who wanted to be here but could not. So God, as we stand before you and we get ready to deliver your word, I ask that you will just give me your grace, fill me with your strength, so that the words that you've placed in my spirit will come out as you will have them to come out. It's in your son, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, um, as of Thursday, when you have to turn in your scripture and you have to turn in your title, I didn't really have one. So I went with what was listed in the um, lectionary and in the children's education for today, which was 1 Kings chapter 18. And so um, I didn't have a title until like yesterday. And so the title, if I had to give this message a title, it would be Actions Speak Louder Than Words. So two weeks ago, I spoke about the word challenge and how the word itself does not motivate me to do that which someone may be asking me to do. Oftentimes, I'm motivated by those that think that I am not capable of doing or achieving. I'm motivated by those who don't believe in me and those who don't believe in my capabilities and my skill set. And there's a saying that I've heard at various times in my lifetime, and that saying is, I can show you better than I can tell you, which means I don't have to tell you what I can do, what I will do, I'll just do it and you'll see for yourself. Another saying that we've all probably heard is, I have to see it to believe it, or when I see it, I'll believe it. Do you know someone like this? No matter what you say, no matter how many times you tell them something, they just don't believe it. Or how about the toddler that's in the kitchen with you while you're preparing Thanksgiving dinner and the oven is on and they keep coming around the oven and for some reason they're just drawn to the heat that's coming from the oven. And they reach for the oven and as a caring adult we say, no, 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 don't touch that. It's hot. You'll burn yourself. And you say it over and over until finally the toddler touches the oven and says, hot? Yeah. It's hot. A saying for that would be, you don't believe fat meat is greasy. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard that one before, but that's a new one for you. You don't believe fat meat is greasy. So something negative and not so kind has to happen before you believe the truth. And I share this with you to say that as I mulled over this text this past week, I've read beyond verse 24, reading the entire chapter and the next chapter and the chapter before and then verses 20 to 25, I saw a challenge. Elijah challenged the people to make a choice. Choose the true God or choose a pagan God, which was Baal or Baal as the correct. I, heard, I studied that. I was like, is it Baal or is it Baal? The dictionary said it's Baal. He asked, how long will you straddle the fence? This was not a rhetorical question. And the scripture says that the people said nothing. This is an action that speaks louder than words. They were asked a question, and though they verbally did not respond, their lack of verbal response said that they are going to continue to straddle the fence. 
Elijah noted their silence and spoke to them and said, we will each get a bull, prepare it, place them on the wood, but we will not set a fire. We will call upon our gods and the true God will answer by fire. Baal followers and prophets prepared the bull, placed it on the altar and didn't set a fire to it. They began to call on him from morning to noon with no response. They danced around the altar, no reply. Elijah began to mock them and said, after all, he is a god. Perhaps he's meditating. Maybe he's busy. The prophets shouted louder and even tortured themselves by slashing their skin. Still no reply. By the time of the evening sacrifice, Elijah called for the people to gather around the altar and placed 12 stones on the altar, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob. He dug a trench, poured four large, four large jars of water on the offering and the wood. He called out to the Lord of God, Isaac, and Israel, and said, Let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and have done all these things at your command. He asked God to answer him so that the people would know that he is God and that they will turn their hearts back to him again. The fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifices, the wood, the stones, the soil, and the water in the trench. This would be the time that the title of today's message would be sufficient. Actions speak louder than words. God showed up and the fire from heaven was an action that spoke louder than Elijah asking, which God will you serve? This was an example of, you don't believe fat meat is greasy. Elijah asked God to prove himself, and he did. He showed up as fire at the altar. The people fell prostrate and yelled, the Lord, he is God. How many times have you attempted to witness to someone about the saving grace of Jesus Christ? And the person or the people that you were talking to or talking with were like, oh, go on, go on somewhere with that. I don't want to hear that. They just don't want to hear it. Or you've tried to tell them about the blessings you've received and how God blesses you and can bless them also, and they don't believe that it could happen for them. It's in these times when our actions speak louder than words. Rather than talk their ear off about the goodness of the Lord, we can share the goodness of the Lord by our actions. When we have an abundance, we share with those who are less fortunate. How appropriate that this topic comes up this month as we go into the season of giving thanks and the season of gift giving. This is the month that we take a day to give thanks for God's abundance. But abundance is relative. The measure of abundance is different for each person. What is abundant for you may not be abundant for me and vice versa. Abundance is officially defined as a large quantity of something. But what's large? What's that something? In 1 Kings 17, God told Elijah, go to a widow's home and she will provide meals for him while he was there. When Elijah asked for bread, she said, I only have a bit of flour and a bit of oil that I need to use to feed my son. Elijah told her, make the bread for him and she will not run out of either as long as she was preparing the meals for him. She had no choice but to trust him and take him at his word. She had to exhibit faith, and in her exhibition of faith, she had an abundance of which to feed Elijah daily, as well as feed herself and her son. Exhibition of faith is also one of those actions that speak louder than words. Hebrew 11 and 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. In today's text, Elijah was asking the people to exhibit their faith when he asked them to choose which God were they going to serve. 
They were being asked to let go of those tangible items, those tangible idols, and serve the one and true God. To let go of those idols would mean they had to put all of their hope in something they could not see nor touch. This is no different for us. We are asked to have no other gods beside the one true God who reminds us in Exodus 23 through 5 that he is a jealous God. We should not make raven images to idolize, and we should not bow down to any idol. The prophets of Baal were calling on a false god who had no power, and it was evident when he didn't show up as fire at the altar. The Israelites believed that they could worship and serve two gods, Baal and the true God at the same time. Friends, the Israelites worship other gods, such as the graven images, gold, and other deities. What are we worshiping other than the one true God? What is that thing, or what is it that is taking up real estate in our minds? What is it that is taking up space in our hearts? Is it worry? Is it greed? Is it sexual immorality? I know that don't happen here. Is it lust? Is it money? Material possessions, control, or people. In this text, Elijah was called upon to get the Israelites to turn from worshiping Baal and turn back to worshiping the one true God. The people thought they could worship both until they saw that their God did not show up. God shows up for us daily. Are we showing up for him? He shows up for us when we awake each day. Not only when we awake, but when we awake and know that we are awake. He has shown up when we have life and cognitively know we have life. He shows up even when there is pain in our body and we can recognize it. We could go around this sanctuary and each of us can tell how God has shown up for us without duplication. Each of us has a story or a testimony of how God's actions in our lives has spoken louder than words. Friends, the question I pose to you, are we showing up for him? Are our actions speaking louder than words? In what way is God expecting us to show up? Or what way is he asking us to show up? And although Elijah was being obedient to God's command, he took a risk when he went to see Ahab. Elijah was the last prophet because all the other prophets had died. They were killed by Jezebel, Ahab's wife. Being a prophet was not an easy job. One occupational hazard was the risk of being murdered for doing your job. Prophets were truth tellers, and sinners did not and do not always want to hear the truth or to know what will become of them due to their sinful ways. So here's the backstory: Ahab was the seventh king of Israel, married to Jezebel. Jezebel was a domineering and controlling woman who had such influence on her husband that he allowed her to lead him astray. Ahab abandoned Christianity and began to follow the pagan god Baal. Not only did he abandon Christianity, but he led others astray as well. Baal was the god of fertility and rain, and it was appropriate to worship Baal considering that there had been no rain for three years. During the time of Ahab's reign and ancient times in general, prophets were hired by the king to promote their political status and their own programs. Naturally, prophets of God would not fit that bill. Therefore, God's prophets were murdered by Jezebel, and Elijah was Jezebel's greatest opponent. When Elijah ran into Obadiah, he said, Go tell your master that I'm here. Obadiah was uncomfortable, as each time that someone would tell the master that Elijah was in the vicinity, the master would come to see Elijah, 
he wasn't there, and the person who delivered the message would be killed. Obadiah did not want to be next. Elijah promised he'd be there. So during the time of Jezebel's quest to kill God's prophets, Obadiah risked his own life to hide a hundred prophets, 50 each in two caves. Elijah showed up for God three years prior. He was there to announce that there would be a drought in the land, that it would not change until he would say so. And you can find that in 1 Kings 17 and 1. As Elijah prophesied to Ahab, God visited him and told him, go toward the Jordan River. There you will find drink, you will drink from the brook and you will be fed by the ravens. Elijah obeyed and God did as he said he would do. God shows up for us just as he did for Elijah. When our ears are inclined to hear his voice, when our eyes are turned toward heaven and our hearts are in alignment with his, it's easier to recognize God showing up for us. And here are a few scriptures that help us to hear God's voice. Romans 10 and 17, faith comes by hearing the message of God's word. John 20, 10 and 27, my sheep listen to my voice. Hebrews 3 and 15, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Scriptures to remind us to keep our eyes turned toward heaven. Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hill from which cometh my help. Hebrews 12 and 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the same, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Psalm 148 and 8, but my eyes are toward you, O God, my Lord. In you I seek refuge. Leave me not defenseless. And the scriptures to make sure that our hearts are aligned with God's. James 4 and 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And the last one, Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Be encouraged, my friends, as you walk daily with our God, the God that loves us, saves us, provides for us, and shows up for us, for his actions are louder than words. This journey is a faith walk, and we must walk the walk and talk the talk. Not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. Because our actions are louder than our words. And people are watching to see what we do and to see what we say. But if we're acting such as God would have us to act, our words don't even matter. We hear it all the time. Sometimes we're the only Bible that people read. So when we're loving our neighbor as we're instructed, our actions are speaking louder than our words. May God bless you.